Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. Well, that means it's time once again for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Hey, Pierce. Welcome back. Oh, did you, you guys know I didn't actually go anywhere. I just went in a room and, and read my Civil War book for like two weeks, right? I mean, if you wanted to get away from us for a while, you could have just said so. I, I, I know. But, I mean, the good news is, is is I'm 300 pages into the book, and they're talking about maybe fighting. And I'm I'm really enthralled. I'm I'm not even kidding. I tried to tell someone the other day that I was 250 pages in, and they they had just started fighting, and then I realized that they're really just talking about the supplies necessary for fighting. And I'm on page 330, uh, and I'm not even a third of the way through. It's it's a great it's a great book, but uh, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little uh, long. No, I, I I actually I actually went to. Um, Spain and uh, and France, and um, it was really quite an interesting time to be in Spain, given their recent um, political upheaval. Uh, it's yeah. probably more than that. It's it's almost an existential crisis. Uh, but uh, also, I was not in Catalonia, but I was in uh, the Basque region, and seeing the difference between Madrid, which is very like pro. Spain as a nation, and then uh, the Basque region, which historically has had separatism itself, was was fascinating. Nice. I also um, went to France, but you know, there yeah. France is boring. No one likes France. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of brie cheese and baguettes, and the Napoleonic Code. You've certainly benefited from that I, sort of. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure. You're not I'm not sure that I've benefited that. from that any more than I would have benefited from English common law, relatively speaking. But um, I, I would have benefited immensely from both, based on the fact that I'm a white man. That that's really neither here uh, nor there. Man, um, I, I, I'm I'm sort of it's a mixed bag on the Napoleonic codes for me. But we do have the opportunity. Uh, you know, because it's timely and you've been traveling and, you know, we're we're getting towards the holiday season where people do, you know, do some flights. Um, you know, we wanted to talk about uh, about traveling and, and you, you know, you went for, you know, for a purpose. You went to a, a destination where you were ultimately rallying with a group of people, but you did the, I think, some of the traveling part of your traveling alone, right? That's true. Yeah, I so I spent probably ten days with people, and then the final most of a Tuesday through a Friday evening uh, by myself uh, over the course of two two cities. And uh, I had I had never done that before. If, if either of you like travel alone, not the thing where I've done this before, which is you kind of are staying with someone. Say like you go to New York and you stay with a friend. Um, and you kind of have to keep yourself company for the course of a day. Like, actually, you're staying by yourself overnight. Have you done that before, Max? Uh, no, I have not. 
Uh, Sean, I, I don't no. think you have either. No, I okay. haven't either. The closest I've come is the exact scenario you described. It's going to New York and visiting my brother and, you know, going on a, a up and, and having to amuse myself all, all Friday in lower Manhattan while my brother was at work. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I've never done proper, you know, true alone travel where I was not going, at, at the very least going to meet up with, you know, someone or someones that I knew or was related to sure yeah yeah no i i think that yeah for me it was it was the first time i i had done it and i think that when i was going to do it um you know max i know you had questions about are you curious how how it was going to go i have to say off of the bat that i kind of had some some preconceived notions i thought oh for instance, and, and Sean, you can probably speak to this a little bit or in some ways, but as someone that lives alone right now, I thought, oh, I have some of the skills that this will be easy. This will be, um, you know, something I can totally handle or whatever. But uh, I know in speaking beforehand, before we started this podcast, Sean, that, that you kind of pointed out that maybe that actually doesn't prepare you well. Well, okay. So when we when we talked about this before we started, I, I thought I initially thought you meant something different. I thought mm. you meant that living alone made you want to travel alone, and that. So that I, I'll I'll leave that for in a second. Mm-hmm. In terms of feeling like living alone has at least somewhat prepared me, you know, to to be on my own and and you know think that I could probably apply that to travel. Yeah, I think I I think I generally subscribe to that theory. Um mm-hmm. although I'm probably wrong. You know, I'm I'm messy, I'm I'm kind of unorganized. I I don't uh I don't make plans well. Um so I actually probably am really ill prepared to travel alone. Um, yeah, but I so I actually in terms of how I feel about traveling, I know that the fact that I live alone, the fact that I sort of spend so much of my time alone, um, actually kind of makes me want to travel truly by myself less mm. because I I think you know I, I think of travel as an opportunity to to do fun, exciting new things. And, you know, I think I like, I want to share that with people. I mean, we went on a, a trip, you know, together to new Orleans earlier this year. That was a grand old time. And, you know, the, the framework is a little different because I, um, you know, I'm from there. And so we spent part of the trip staying with my family. And if I had gone down by myself, um, it really would have just been like me going up to New York to visit my brother and, and, and wouldn't have been traveling alone. But if either of you guys had gone down to New Orleans by yourselves, you probably would have had a pretty great time. But mm-hmm. I don't it wouldn't have been nearly the same as having that as a communal experience or the or the road trip we took to Maine. You know, I, I think that I guess since until a year ago, like all of the traveling I had ever done was with my family. I yeah. think that has just sort of always set the concept of travel up as a 
sort of a, a communal shared experience thing for me. So I, I don't really, I don't have the same, I don't have an inclination to be like, yeah, I want to go someplace by myself necessarily. Now, in a sort of, you know, uh, equal and opposite reaction, having that thought, I think, makes me want to try it once, you know, to to see how I would do or, or see how I would enjoy it. Um, but, uh, you know, I think generally speaking, um, living alone gives me a false sense of confidence about my ability to hack it traveling solo. But... Mm kind of makes me want to do it less now so with all that mind max i feel like you were a little more anxious about the fact that i was doing it and certainly you have a different living situation um as far as the day by day tra- like the, the act of traveling i think you do it the most out of us even if it's even if it's work but what kind of what things were you thinking about uh, as far as traveling out is is part of it you have an interest in it and you want to know that it's is it's safe out there for you yeah i've i've read things on the internet the oh, interwebs what is that God. that are like the only way to find yourself is to travel alone you know things like that whatever not I really the point teacher in high school who said that the only uh he said the only way to find yourself was to uh to get in the car and drive for at least 200 miles in one clip with no air conditioning and no music that's that's how to find your body odor and your like your your point of losing patience with Shout traffic. Shout out to Mr. Williams. Yeah, Mr. Williams. It also depends where you're driving because you don't need air conditioning in some places. All right. So, do but you no, have any I other yes, thoughts, <laughs> Mr. Northeastern. Real thoughts. No, I've been curious. Like, I've never traveled alone. I've traveled alone. I've never gone on a vacation alone. Mm-hmm. I should say. Um, and. I'm just really curious if it's, it seems kind of cool in the sense that you can basically, you never have those, oh, what do you want to do today? What are we going to do? What are we yeah. going to do? You can just do whatever you want. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of nervous that there'd be some level of either boredom or as Sean just brought up, like you, you don't, ha- you don't get to share those experiences, which is some of the best parts of traveling. So yeah, I'm just, yes, I do want to try it so, and I'd like to try it on the sooner side so that if I like it, I can, I can continue to do that. It also adds a ton of flexibility. I'll just say mm-hmm. as someone who has fairly flexible work hours and things like, you know, you're looking out for potentially travel deals, but then syncing those up with other people is difficult. And then all of a sudden you find yourself spending more money because you're traveling with someone else when if i was traveling alone i could just up and say oh i found an amazing deal to thailand for a week you know but isn't the the counterpoint of that though well like choice paralysis like you you know because you don't you're not beholden to anyone else like yeah you could just pull the trigger like i you know you could pull the trigger on any you know a pair of shoes that you wanted to buy but we all know how shoe shopping with max handler goes well, only I know what that's like, and you don't want to know what that's like. But I, feel like I think I that the cho- the choice paralysis is is a good point. And and Max, what I what I pose to you is, you're about to go on a very big, exciting trip, are you not? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna live on an airplane for a few days. <laughs> you <laughs> so speak with the, such great enthusiasm. It's inspiring. So the, so the thing I'm gonna climb the tallest peak on an entire continent. Really? It's not very tall. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like seven thousand feet. It takes like four hours. Wait, is it in in Australia? Yeah. Are you going to go the one that they're closing? Uh, what's up? 
the the big like the the plateau thing. I'm not familiar. He is rock. No, it's well, Kazuyuko. All right. Well, they don't call Correct. it Ayers Rock anymore because speak as we got to. Yeah. Anyways, I understand. That's beside the point. But the thing is, is so you will probably go on this trip at least I once. I will go on this trip probably <laughs> at least once, probably ten times. You have a conversation with people about what to eat at a given time, and it will result in some degree of argument. Yes, I did not have that. That's you. Yeah. No, it's a huge perk. I think about that. At the same time, as Sean mentioned, choice paralysis, I ran into a couple times. I am going off of recommendations that I get from the internet or like people or whatever. And then I show up to this place and it's closed. And then I am by myself and it's like, well, damn it. I am now, I am, I am my strongest, like, I'm the strongest link and I'm the weakest link because it is it is just me. And it gets it really like works in with you and and this happened like on my my very first night where I went somewhere and it was closed and I was like damn it what do I do? And and you it becomes because you don't have any other support system like you you have to decide am I going to you know fight or flight like I'm going to find a better place or screw it I'm I'm going I'm turning in or whatever. Um, and, and so I, I think that like you being the only person there to, to choose what you're going to do is you have to like prepare yourself for it. I think I'd compare it to, and we talked about like living alone. Um, I, you know, I decide where I'm going to go, go to dinner or whatever, and what I'm going to do in a given evening, but effectively living alone, even though I am by myself making these choices, a lot of them are falling into habits. This is exactly what I want to talk to you about. Yeah, I, I, and so it's it, I'm making di- on Monday nights. I'll you know make dinner for myself and then go to the gym on Tuesdays. It's a lot of more protracted because I'm I'm going to play basketball and then I'm going to the gym or I'm doing this. And on Fridays we we meet up and you know play you know Dominion or something like that. Uh, that is that is not me making decisions. That is me falling into habits. I am on vacation. It's not even just that, like, oh, I'm on vacation. I have to do cool things. I didn't always do cool things. But these are new decisions I'm making. These are not habits. And when you start realizing that, there's there's a lot of pressure in that because you want to – at the end of the day, I mean, we – and we've talked about this before. I'm trying to collect things in some ways. I'm trying to collect experiences. And I like to think it's for myself. But I also want to come back and tell you guys or whoever I meet. It's like, hey – if you go to Nice, which is one of which was the first place I was at alone, um, I want to be able to say, "Hey, when you go to Nice, I did this thing and it was really cool." I didn't always do cool stuff, and even the stuff that I thought was cool may not be great. But I had to make that decision, and it was not a habit-based decision. Right. So you're basically you're not only obligated to enjoy the trip for yourself, you're yeah. obligated to enjoy that trip for everyone you know and their sister and their cousin and their mom. Who are all going to ask you seven questions about it when you get back? Um, like you didn't know there was going to be a test on this, but there is. Mm-hmm. So that comes back to the choice paralysis thing, and, and I know that you know, as someone who lives alone and, as I've mentioned, spends a lot of time, you know, a- in my apartment, I, I like to joke justifying the cost of my rent. Um, my, I feel like my default response to that choice paralysis is inertia. 
Um, so like, how how do you go out of your way to fight that when you're in in that sort of situation where you like you have to fend for yourself? You know, not just from a survival standpoint, but from a you know from an enjoyment and fulfillment standpoint. Max, and the, well, I, I kind of have a follow up question. You can answer that first. Okay, so wait, so Sean, distill your your question again as as I try to differentiate between yours and What do you do to go out of your way to make sure that you're not falling victim to that choice paralysis and and defaulting back to habits? So I would say that the character of where you are made it a lot, made it easier for me. So Nice was really great. Um, but it, as far as I'm looking at the lay of the land, where I can go, what I, what I have access to, uh, in many ways, it's a lot smaller and limited than when I was in Madrid. Those are the two places I was at by myself. Um, and I'm kind of thinking of the evenings a lot here, but also in terms of the day as well, because the thing with Madrid is I ended up when I was there by myself, I I picked a neighborhood that I knew kind of had certain things that that you know i may like for lack of a better term i was in a pretty hip neighborhood it's a very walkable city and you know i I would run into like boutiques and coffee shops and and nice little restaurants and bars and and stuff like that whereas nice i didn't that that's i I stayed in like the their old town effectively um had a lot of really nice stuff but you know there's not a there's not a store that's selling like uh, one that I passed in Madrid was selling like Thrasher magazine hoodies and Huff stuff and uh, the hundreds. I'm just giving an example of a shop, and then there's also like coffee shops and everything. Huff that stuff was a clothing brand and not yes. inhalants. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what they were selling in the back, but no, no, it seemed to be just, just kind of like a streetwear store that wasn't there in Nice or certainly not where I interacted. I walked a lot in Nice. And so I, I found that more difficult because to, to kind of say it succinctly is I was not necessarily in a place that that I knew how to navigate, like a kind of a familiar type place. Even though Madrid wasn't familiar to me, the types of places there were familiar. It's like, I don't know, it's it's like getting a new job. You're in a different place, but if you're put in the right environment, you've done that stuff before. You have the skills to navigate it. And I didn't have the same skills when, when I was in Nice. So that added to my choice paralysis. Now, Max, you had a question. Yeah, my question is, how how planned out were your days alone? Like, because um, I, I feel like if I were going to go on a trip alone, I would have things planned, to put, like potential things to do, maybe multiple even, in like every single time slot, because so, I would be nervous of having, of being bored potentially. So I'm curious if you did that at all, or if you were just so, like, oh, here's a, the three things that might be cool in Nice, I'm there for two days, let's do it. Yeah, so in Nice, I was there effectively for one full day and then good portions of two other days. But the second portion, I had to carry around my bag, so I was kind of limited in what I was to do. Um, but one thing that I... 
One thing that I did was there were two, um, well, in Nice, I knew someone who'd spent about a month there. And so I talked to them about it, kind of generally things to do and I got a sense. But also I was like, there's not going to be as much to do as in Madrid. Eric, who's been on the podcast before, uh, is very familiar with Madrid, gave me some really great recommendations that that I followed and kind of helped me picking where I wanted to stay and, and, and everything. But um, as far as planning ahead, I could have done a better job. Madrid, I kind of just knew that I was going to walk around this neighborhood, and that worked out really, really well and go to a couple places. Um, but Nice, I was more like, okay, um, you know, what do I do? I, I did go to, there's a Matisse Museum there and a Chagall Museum. I went to both of those. Matisse Museum, not so much, but the Chagall Museum, I would highly recommend if you're there to go to, um, like something to do. But it was a very different experience because there it's like I set this point that I wanted to go to and then kind of matriculate through the city from there. Whereas I wandered in Madrid and just kind of said, okay, I know that if I'm in this area, there's going to be stuff that, that I'll enjoy. And it goes back to like the film familiarity of this type of place. And Nice was more, I can't think of a, a city that's similar. Well, I mean, in some ways, it might be how a lot of people interact with DC. It's, I don't know if that's even right, but it's like, oh, there are these points of interest. And then just, I don't know, but like, that'll be the focal point of my day. Um, I didn't really have an anchor when I was in Madrid. So do you think that your experience was, how, how, how much was your experience shaped by the fact that you were in cities. I know that you've you've told me before that you know you like traveling to cities mm-hmm. versus potentially you uh, know more outdoorsy focused traveling. Yeah. And uh, how do you think that experience would would um would go in a, not in a city? Maybe not for you, but just in in general. So I, I would think that, and the other thing is on this trip. But when I was with people, I was in um, a part of the it was near Nice. So it was closer to Cannes at that point, but um, a, a point where you're you're hanging out and you go to the beach and then you come back and make dinner and it's very much it's not it's not outdoorsy it's not it's it's not not urban but it's very much a i think if you were in a non-urban setting the idea is it's like you chill out you enjoy the scenery and and that kind of experience and it's more the being still is really enjoyable I have I do enjoy the city feel a lot, and I think for traveling by myself, it was beneficial to have something. It's like I'm constantly moving, even if I didn't have anywhere in particular in mind of where I wanted to go. The act of getting there, the the journey, if you will, was was enjoyable, and I I got to um, take in the city. Uh, nice has a really cool kind of park that that goes through almost the center of the city, and you just kind of walk through it and stop and read. It's like all right. I, want to go get coffee and you know i would i would do that and then sit and read for a while and that was very enjoyable whereas i did feel like in madrid i was constantly moving it's like oh here's a cool coffee shop oh let me pop into this wine store oh you know here's the aforementioned boutique that was kind of cool um i I think that momentum of continuing moving was really nice if i'd been by myself in like more of a rural setting uh i'm not someone who enjoys stationary things as much so uh, I think I made the right choice there. So yeah, you could maybe like hike the Appalachian Trail alone. Um, <laughs> I think that's so. I, I assume I, that's next in the cards for you. 
I don't plan. I don't think I could do that. I mean, I did as far as where I mean. Don't tell me you I don't can't think, do that. Whoa. Don't tell me I can't do that. But uh, it, I I did listen to a lot of podcasts when I was by myself, and part of me feels I don't know sort of guilty about that. I should have taken my earbuds out and listened to where I was. But at the same time, I'm I'm walking through a lot of residential streets. There's nothing to hear. I'm I'm not lacking observance of, of where I am but I, I think that that would be a you know criticism of myself is this is a habit that I went back to and, and kind of hid under in a way which is like oh you know I don't want to be totally alone walking around so let me let me listen to the slate political gaffes let me listen to to Josh and Chuck on stuff stuff you should know which I listened to a, a bunch of their episodes um, so that was there I mean I, I think that that's if I was going to say that this is something you should keep in mind is, you know, you are going to be lonely. It's just you and you're in a new place. And so any type of insulation from that, you, you might want that just so you're not, you know, you don't get almost cabin fever in some ways. It's, it's even though you're moving around and you're around a lot of people, in my case, I, I mean, I didn't, the language in both places was not my language. I couldn't sit in a bar and talk to the bartender very well. You've walked into my next question. Was uh, okay. Did you make any friends? And if not, do you, was it because of totally because of the language, did or were you any, not set out? Did to I make, make friends? any friends? I didn't purchase. Uh, uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, the, uh, no, I, I. So when I was in Madrid. Uh, I had one full day there, and I spent a lot of time. I went to a coffee shop called Coffee and Kicks, which is now one of my favorite coffee shops I've ever gone into. Um, there were Spanish language old, not they weren't even old, but editions uh, of Vice, and he had really cool sneakers. Um, he had like De La Salt Dunks um, encased in glass, and he had shoes over the the grates, like you see on the telephone wire. It just like a very like just a chill dude who had a coffee shop and also was really into streetwear and sneakers. And I, I, you know, had a, I wouldn't say I made friends, but like, I felt like I connected and was able to say, I really enjoy this place. But in Madrid also, I was at a bar and a couple bars actually, um, beer places. And I had discussions with them. Uh, one that I went to, which is called, uh, Be Hoppy. Uh, they had a big, um, I pointed out that they had a, a case of, Flying Dog Bloodline, which is a pretty good beer. I was like, oh, that's pretty near my house. And they're like, oh, yeah, we, we don't carry it, but like, I really liked the, the artwork. It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I made some friends there. Not so much in France because. Because uh, French I people just, are assholes? No, French people are fine. I actually went to a breakfast place two, two mornings in a row, and on the second morning, they came up to me and they're like, oh, this is what you want, right? And I'm like, yeah. So they remembered me, which I really appreciated. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't like make friends that much, but I also wasn't looking to do that. But the lang- it, wasn't, it wasn't because of the language barrier. It was just because I wasn't looking to do that as much. Because right? you didn't do any sort of organized um, kind of like group tour things. You didn't stay in hostels. Right. No, uh, my feeling, I mean, in brief, my feeling on the hostel thing, and I share this, I think, with you guys, is like, I, you know, 
having the the pleasure and privilege of having disposable income is continuing to choose to stay by yourself if you're so inclined and that's something I wanted to do and I stayed in two I really need to write reviews but I stayed in two really nice places um, and they were great and it was just me and I, I appreciate that I, I would have made like other traveler friends in a hostel maybe mm-hmm. but like I feel like if if you're going abroad you you want to understand at least for me I my goal is always to when I go to a city to experience the city as close to how a local would as possible so if I'm hanging out with other travelers, like, I'm not doing that thing. So have you stayed at a hostel? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I've, I've done before. I Because there's, that... there's the people that... I, the people I found most interesting in the hostels I've stayed at are the people who are working at the hostel. So not so the Australians? Well, they might be from Australia. Well, they're from wherever. But yeah, the point yeah, yeah. is, if they're in another country, but maybe they're from America, but they've been living in the city for six months, it mm. may not be the same, quite your experience of a totally, you know local uh yeah. experience but i think you can get some pretty cool you know recommendations i, I get it i mean you yeah. want to see the city my way. so the the when i stayed in nice the 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 i guess the guy who organized the airbnb he gave me really excellent recommendations, just really really good recommendations wrote it all down put it on maps sent it to me it was it was really great and i i used a lot of those so yeah i think that's important you know people that are are familiar um but I guess the one thing that I want to make sure that I say that I think describes my experience, and I texted this to a friend after we had parted, and they went back to the States, and it was just me. And I realized as it was, I was getting um, breakfast at this place the first time. Uh, And so I'm sitting there, and it's like 9 a.m. Mind you, apparently America is the only goddamn place that does anything before 10 a.m., and I was in France. It wasn't Spain where you're like, oh, Spain does things later, which is true, which is very, very true. And I appreciate them for it. Getting dinner at like 10 p.m. Uh, so I'm sitting there. There's no one else there or anything. And what I realize is, and, you know, I've got some Wi-Fi. And as I do, going back to habits uh, in the morning, you know, I'll look at the news and everything. I had to go to BBC, like the BBC app on my phone, because what is happening is not only am I alone, and that's okay. But I am living in a different moment than the two of you. I'm living in a different moment than the people in the States. For instance, Vox or Deadspin or Slate or or places that I go, places that you go, they are still asleep. And so that's like the craziest thing that adds to loneliness is if I travel to like Charleston, South Carolina or Austin, Texas or Nashville I might be by myself, but I'm still getting my day is coming to me in the same general way it does to you or Sean or whoever's listening, assuming they're in the US. But it was really weird being by myself and realizing I am also isolated in the way that I am experiencing the outside world because I want to keep up to date with whatever is happening and I am just kind of shifted from all of you. And it that was like a very strange thing. When I was with other people earlier in the trip, I have other people who are experiencing time essentially the same way I am. But now I am experiencing time in a totally different way from anyone that I know. Um, because I don't know the people that are serving me at this restaurant or at a bar or whatever. It sounds like you're describing the plot of Interstellar. I haven't seen that movie. Spoiler alert. God damn Spoiler it. alert. It's all about time and you'll be confused at the end. It's great. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's interesting that you, you seem to have such a focus, though, on, like, 
all those time things are related to like reading news and the internet and stuff and I'm, i feel like that's I'm all st- things that i turn off when i'm on vacation like i don't read the news there's nothing good we're, we're global <laughs> well that's that's not well wrong. It, but we're and then we're i turned citizen yeah, well, then I turned to my – when I was like, this is too much or I have nothing to read, I turned to the Civil War book. So you tell me what was better. That's lost in time. <laughs> Frozen in time. Unfortunately, apparently it's not. You're for... still on page 330? It's a period piece, so it's not dated, right? It's true. I don't know. You should ask uh, the chief of staff. Okay. All right. Let's, let's maybe wrap up there. Any final thoughts? Well, I don't know. Do you have any other questions? I mean, Max Max just grilled me. I mean, I'm actually... I have no, those he, grill marks. I'm They're out. nice. I've got a big light in his face. Uh, yeah. uh, it's an invitation. Did you have fun? Really. No, um, I'm, I've asked the things that I want to I'll ask... ask the, the, I have one more simple question. Would you uh, travel alone again? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'd, I'd totally do that. Cool. I'd go to the same places I went again. Well, I mean, I should go to new places, but... I do that. Do you, you know, should you can do right, whatever you want. In, in closing, do you know how good fresh figs are? I don't. Probably do not. Fig- if if we were getting these punk ass American, a quote unquote American figs. Wait, hold, hold. I mean, I just. I mean, so uh, fresh the, fig Newtons are pretty good. God damn it! Don't <laughs> that, no, I just, I just mean like the the season's really short. But look at those. I have look no at those, idea man. What, I mean, what 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 is fucking fig oh, season? He, He's showing me a beautiful photo. Um, listeners, close your eyes and picture it with me. It's it's some fresh figs cut up on a cutting board, what appears to be on a balcony overlooking perhaps the uh, southern coast of France. It is. Truly marvelous. I mean, I... I, I mean, Wait, why I, did the you picture... close your eyes and imagine it? That's no, I told I the listeners to close their eyes and imagine yeah. it. it. Fresh figs are really good. That that would be the one thing I would I would say in closing from the trip is... You know, if you ever get a chance to buy some fresh figs, you should do it. Make sure they're like really soft and ripe, but they're they're delightful and delicious. And France does produce really, really well. Is what that comes from. So yeah. All right. Duly noted. Okay. If you are a veteran solo traveler, or if you have other questions that we didn't get to, and you want to ask Pierce, Come check us out on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty OK Pod and let us know. We might actually be able to try and answer those for you. All right. In the meantime, it is time yet again for that marvelous segment where Pierce apologizes for stuff. That's right. It's Pierce is sorry. And what are you apologizing for this week, my friend? I think that the film came out some, like, 12 years ago now. Uh, might be more. Uh, but have you ever seen Dave Schell's Block Party? No. no. Wow. Okay. So I think that's that's a piece of cultural stuff that should be revisited. It was kind of like at his initial peak. And just the, uh, the acts he has that comes out. The movie's great. He has The Roots. He has Kanye West. Uh... It just it, I'd have to go back and look at everyone everyone he has performing at this thing his block party and it's very funny uh, most staff is there um, and there's a line in it th- that he says and I always I'll frequently quote it which is how the hell am I supposed to know I went to public school 
I say that as preface for my apology this week. And it kind of came up, I think, yesterday in our Slack chat. But I just want to do a wholesale apology to places outside of the Ameri- outside of America for our hubris, us, us, me going to public school only, our, our hubris and just poor learning of foreign languages because I was there myself and, and some, some other Americans and I'm just, I took French for a pretty long period of time. I'm not good at that. I, and I did some brushing up in Duolingo. So I'm very, very sorry for just this this abject despair that is Americans learning foreign languages in public schools. We just do it wrong. Like, I know that. I, I shouldn't have started learning it in late middle school. I should have started learning it way before. But I'm never going to, like, know a foreign language. And I'm really sorry about that because I'd like to learn one and I'd like to be good at it. And I'm not. And Max, you seem upset. I'm confused. You just said you started learning a foreign language in late middle school? Yeah. Huh. When did you start learning it? Kindergarten. Yeah, me too. Okay. Well, you know what? Public school. Kindergarten through almost all of high school. But I I also, I'm the the school type outlier here. Yeah. Well, also, I was south of the Mason-Dixon line, so I really get the worst of both worlds. Mm. Louisiana, um, baby. So, yeah. In the least, I can say I'm sorry for the Virginia public school system's way that they treat foreign languages because it created a, in my case, a foreign agent who just was not... I, the The biggest thing is I'm sorry for my lack of confidence in being able to speak foreign language. I know a lot of stuff. I could read all the signs. I really knew what was going on. I could understand a lot of what people were saying to me, but I had no confidence in being able to speak to them. And I think that they would have benefited from that. One of the better highlights was I went and got lunch and they spoke French to me and I was able to respond to them. I knew what they were saying, but pretty much otherwise they knew that I was an American who wasn't confident in their language. And I'm sorry for my lack of confidence because I think it would have increased my and enjoyment. It, you don't think trip. it was the 7,000 page Civil War book you were carrying around? It was in a Kindle. They couldn't see it. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> That's a really gratifying feeling, though, being able to to successfully order food in a foreign language. I remember, like, so I took French for, you know, 12, 13 years, but I've never taken a, a lick of Italian in my life. And I went to Italy with my family probably four, four years ago, maybe five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And my the highlight of my trip was basically also, like, being able to successfully order food in italian pizza Pro- pizza proudest moment of my first not time like in, that in, not like in, that you ugly american proudest moment of my first time in paris was i was which was in high school i was sick i went into the pharmacy described my symptoms had a discussion about my symptoms and they gave me medicine that's th- that's practical that's practical all right give me a big idea from pop culture so yes stop talking about my trip so um this is gonna start bad, but I swear I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it back. That's the story of my life. Um, <laughs> so uh, we've we've talked a little today. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday um, about an article that I shared with you guys on Vox about um, 
about America's deepening epistemic crisis. And I didn't know, uh, you know, I, I context clues it from the headline, uh, uh, you know, once I started reading the thing. But um, I didn't know what an epistemic crisis was. Uh, and and it, so epistemology is basically the the science of how we know things, uh, what what we believe, why we believe it, etc., etc. So, obviously, in the era that we, uh, in which we currently live, um, I- I- that is in flux every day. Uh, who, who, you know, facts are in doubt. Um, objective, objective truth is not real anymore, etc., etc. It's real fucking depressing. Um, and I, and I found myself in a huge funk after reading the sentence, essentially, you know, it was talking about the, uh, obviously the, the Russia investigation. Like, what if, you know, what if Mueller has all the evidence? What if he proves definitively that there was collusion with Russia and none of it matters because the right wing media machine is so, is operating at such a, a high, you know, distrust disinformation level that they can just get the propaganda machine going and 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 no one will believe true facts and evidence uh and that really sucked um that was not i I think i i guess i read that earlier this week um Mm -hmm. but a couple things have pulled that back a little for me um and one is that i uh, I voted. Um, oh. I, yeah, I know. So this we were recording on Friday, but this is going to come out on Monday. And I think probably most of the people that are listening to it, uh, to this show, because of, you know, context, context clues about how you know us, because you probably know us. Um, the Virginia governor's election, well, Virginia statewide election uh, yes. is tomorrow. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's fucking important. Go vote. Go vote for governor. Go vote for lieutenant governor. Go vote for attorney general. Go vote for your city council people. It's just, it's so important. Yes, Max? I was just going to say, if if the Democratic nominee for lieutenant governor wins, though, he'll he'll be lieutenant governor, but just in Fairfax. Oh, (laughs) monster. We're never recording this podcast again. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so, so I voted... You know, the funny thing is, I've I voted early because I was expecting that I was going to be traveling for work on Tuesday, and then I've since been informed that those plans have changed, and I'm not going to be traveling anymore. Um, but there there was something that that felt really gratifying about you know going and submitting a ballot, and, and you know. It's it really is important, you know. We've the three of us have talked off of this podcast a lot about how, you know, how important it is that people understand that, you know, real shit starts happening from the local level up, not from the federal level down necessarily, and how just how important it is that, you know, that you go. You know, even if you're not 
running for office yourself, even if you're not trying, you know, going to city council meetings and trying to propose, you know, changes that you want made in your town, like that you go vote for the people that you think are going to do that in a way that represents you well. So, like, fucking go vote, please. Uh, we, we beg you. Um, no. I, I have elevated blood pressure. Don't make it more elevated. Please vote. <laughs> do, it, do it for yourself and then also do it for me. Yeah. The other thing um, is much, much lower brow. Uh, and that is that I have been watching Jesus uh, and Marrow on Viceland. Um, and, you know, obviously Viceland is not in everyone's standard cable package. So, uh, if you don't have access to it at all, sorry for, you know, sorry for dangling this thing that you can't access. But if you have a way to watch Viceland, um, these guys are really funny. Uh, it, you know, it's these two New Yorkers doing a, a quote-unquote late-night talk show. Um, and just, they, you know, everything is lots of cracking jokes. Just, it, it's been really deeply enjoyable. The number of times I've watched it and, and you know, had to stifle back a real out loud laugh um, is very high. Um, so, so I've enjoyed that. So gotta, if you're got to hear both sides, if gotta you're looking for sides. a pick me up, that's, uh, that's a, you know, uh, of a slightly different form than exercising your, you know, your legal ability to vote, you know, uh, performing your civic duty, uh, go check out Jesus and Marrow. Uh, yeah. you're welcome. And, and relating back to voting, if I may, uh, Jesus and, uh, the kid Miro, uh, these are people that they were on Twitter. They were they were Twitter users, and then they were funny, and they became Twitter personalities, and now they have a TV show. So they went from a very small localized level, and now have a national presence. And so, if there you need any any indication that like your little actions make a big difference, there you go. Little stop go in podcasting tweets on making that a journey. big difference. Hmm. Uh, Twitter messages making a big difference. Twitter messages can make a big difference. I think that. Never mind. Yeah. So so go. <laughs> please go vote. But hey, they it, made a stop in podcasting on their way from from Twitter to. This is to true. Vice. So this is who knows? true. Maybe this time next year we'll have a show on Viceland too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. You, you can't. Not. You can't conquer the world if you don't get out of bed. Preach. It's a little step. Little All step. right. All right. I'm good. Thank you, guys. That is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at PrettyOKPod or drop us a line at itsprettyokay at gmail.com if you want to let us know what you think. Get this and every episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast at our home on the web, www.prettyokaypod.com. You can find not only every episode of this show along with some occasional links i'll i'll link out to that uh to that vox piece that bummed me out so so maybe you can have the same reaction um uh that same sort of pickup from watching Jesus and marrow um but you can also find 
uh, writing. I, I went back and, and looked through some of the, the pages of our, our blog on the site um, today. And, you know, uh, Ian has done a ton of music writing for us. Pierce has written, uh, I, I don't know if I can legally use the word eloquently about uh, writing letters and reading catalogs and other such riveting experiences. Um, and who knows, we might even have, uh, some more contributors soon. I'll talk to you guys about that later. Um, it's fake news. <clears throat> so www.prettyokpod.com or you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and you do that on iTunes or most other places that you get your podcasts. Now, if you do that, I've got a small favor to ask please leave us a rating, review, comment, uh, something like that. Uh, it helps other people find the show on those apps. Uh, we'd also love if you told a friend who you thought might appreciate what we do. Uh, tell them about us. Uh, we would be happy to share our conversations about traveling alone and condiments and karaoke and spoilers with them too. All right. We will be back again next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Max. Thanks for listening. Bye.